0: Today we're going to take a look at finishing, finishing strong as believers. It's it's um, it's the greatest privilege that we have, and yet it's one of the one of the deepest responsibilities. Because no one can do it for you. It's like everything else within our faith. I think collectively we can encourage one another. When We have dear people like Barbara and Bob who come, you know, and. On, on, on Saturday and, and your wonderful family and all of this stuff and, and <clears throat> when, when that happens we can encourage one another but we really cannot do the very essence of what needs to be done within our lives and that is to pick ourselves up by the scruff of our neck so to speak and make ourselves become the person of God that God has intended us, intended us for us to be. And that's a responsibility that each of us have. And I'll tell you what, part of what I'd like to do here, week in and week out, is to try to encourage you to become that person in your own life. And that's a balancing act. I I sometimes don't know how to do it. Sometimes I try not to be so foolish. I mean, really, my nature is, I want us to laugh and just have a wonderful time all the time. And I realize and recognize that Scripture isn't that way. It's, it's very serious, and yet it is, it is a joy. It is a joy to understand and to know the Lord. And so I walk that, that kind of balancing beam, I guess you might say, trying to not um, to make you discouraged about all that we know and love in the Lord, but also to encourage you to be that person that God wants you to be. And that is only going to happen in and through your own life. And we're going to see this today, clearly in the life of Joshua. Now, I am encouraged by one of the things that one of the young people said at the camp, or or wrote a note. This, This young person wrote, I learned that I cannot live, I cannot love God and the world at the same time. I have been learning in church that I can only worship one thing, And then they wrote, in Joshua, we have been learning that we must serve the Lord our God and love him alone. Wow. You talk about impacting. What an encouraging thing that a young person would write such a thing. Can you imagine if every single one of us here within this this particular church caught that vision of who Jesus Christ is in our lives and what we need to, to be for him not just on Sunday when we come to church in the morning, but every day that we live. It, it, it'll impact this world in which we live. And so we've come to a very interesting place in the Word of God. In Joshua, as we've been reading, it just kind of now is given an account that is very brutal, really. It's a it's a bloodbath. It's, it's not fun to try to consider studying through, although that that 's not totally true, I must be candid and honest with you, of course, I love every minute of what i I do when we study but there 's times where you know you you try to read the week before i i 'm going to give a message and and i 've come to i say what well, what what can I teach here i mean what what is here there's just one killing after another killing after another killing and and all people are destroyed and and israel is is taking over the promised land and uh That's kind of what we saw last week in chapters, actually chapters 10, 11, and 12, and now 13. Now here in chapter 13, what we're going to see is basically a division of the land. Joshua is going to give, as an inheritance, a portion of the land, the promised land, to all of the 12 tribes. Actually to 11 of them. One tribe, the tribe of Levi, their inheritance is God Almighty. And so as we look at chapter 13 that's basically all it is. And so I read it and read it and read it. You'll look with me, you'll see in chapter 13 look at for instance verse 6 near the end of the verse it says allow it to Israel for an inheritance. The word inheritance is going to be used from this point forward in the book of Joshua some 50 times, five zero, 50 times because the land is an inheritance given to the people of israel in verse seven it says there's an inheritance to the nine tribes in verse eight you see the word inheritance verse 14 the word inheritance twice in verse 15 the word inheritance verse 23 24 28 29 32 and then 33 the word inheritance in fact it says in verse 33 to the tribe of levi moses did not give an inheritance the lord the god of israel is their inheritance as he has promised it to them. And so, what we see here in, in chapter 13 is this division of the land. And so, as I studied it, so, said, okay, what can I teach? And it just, it just kind of hits you, if you'll read it often enough, one verse normally will pop out. For me, it was verse 1. And it is a statement that I made just a little earlier, as we're going to start all of this, and that is that you and I must make a commitment of our lives to serve the Lord our God, with all our light, with all our strength, with all our might, all the rest of our days, and there is no time to take off in serving the Lord while we are here on this earth. We'll have plenty time to rest in heaven itself. But now we have to do things for the Lord, so as to help people understand what you and I understand. We've got to help people to come kicking and scratching and and just some of them just miserably listening to the wonders of who Christ is so that they might, by the grace of God, be saved. And that's our responsibility. And so in chapter 13 and verse 1, it's the only verse I'm going to read, but we're going to study this whole verse, the chapter, I should say. Um, There's two reasons. Number one, just as I said, just inheritance and divisions. Number two, you try to pronounce all those names out loud. It's not easy. I tried. I, I have somebody gave me a book that tells you how to pronounce names, and even at that. So if if it gets and you make me read it, I'll make uh, Pastor Bill come up because he can. He is so smart and he can do that, and I can't. So, but I can read verse 13. I mean, verse one of chapter 13, and that's the issue of what we want to speak of today. Look at verse one. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him. You are old and advanced in years. And yet the Lord says, and very much of the land remains to be possessed. That is a lesson for every single one of us here, whether you be young or whether you be, like myself, a little older. There is still much of the land that needs to be possessed. Let me just share with you. Throughout this study, I want you to remember this. I've said it to you before, I'm going to say it again probably. What the land, the promised land, is to Israel, or was to Israel, is to this day to Israel. So Jesus Christ is to those of us who have placed our faith and trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the Messiah that that He promised would come, Jesus Christ who went to the cross, died, rose from the dead, so that He might prove to you and me He is exactly who we were looking forward to, to come, the Messiah. And He now is our inheritance. What the land was to Israel, Jesus Christ is to the believer today, Jew and Gentile alike. And so... What we are going to see is this inheritance given to us so that we might live the life that God has asked us to live as long as we draw breath. The most greatest privilege that you and I have today is to be alive. To be alive and to know the Lord. But that brings with it a responsibility. I think you know that. We've been trying over and over again to say so remember this Israel did not receive the land as a reward for winning it through a battle and Israel did not purchase the land as in a business transaction no what we learned is that God himself gave the land to them and as we now know he gave it to them as their inheritance so true the Jews inherited the land but it was the Lord God Almighty and will always be the Lord God Almighty who is the sole owner of the land and Israel. We're reminded of this in the book of Leviticus. You don't need to turn there. It's one verse, but listen to it. If you want to. you can check it later. It's up there on the wall. Leviticus chapter 25, verse um, 23. God says, The land shall not be sold. Why? Why? The Lord says, for the land is mine. And then the Lord says, and you are but aliens and sojourners with me. So what God does is he brings in to the family all of those dear, dear people who are sojourners and aliens along with him in this land that is not theirs, but that he has given to them for a point in time. Now, chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, showed Israel's conquest of the land under the hands of Moses. And he that referred to the battles that took place in the wilderness before they crossed the Jordan. In chapter 12, verses 7 to 24, as we looked at last week, showed the conquest under the leadership of Joshua, and that was on the other side when they crossed over the Jordan where they were in the land it, itself. And receiving the land, as we've understood, was purely a gracious act of God. He, as we said over and over again, He gave them victory. He gave them the victory over their enemies. But, once they received the land, their enjoyment of the land depended upon their submission and their obedience to God. In like fashion, because the land is to Israel their inheritance, so Jesus Christ is our inheritance. Us being Christians today is purely a a gracious act of God given to any and all of us who will believe in His Son. It is a free gift given to you if you will just believe. But your enjoyment, our enjoyment of our walk with Jesus Christ our receiving the inheritances that we receive. In other words, as it says in Ephesians 1.3, we have been blessed, folks, with every single spiritual blessing that is needed for us to experience those blessings is dependent upon our submission and our obedience to the Word of God. So the Promised Land was a gift, a gift of God's love to the Israelites. And if they loved Him back, they would want to obey and please Him. Same with us. Our salvation is a gift from God. His love to us. For God so loved you and me that He gave His only begotten Son. Our response is to be obedient, to return that love. Now unfortunately, the Israelites disobeyed God's law. They defiled themselves, and they defiled the land. And so, as we're going to learn, God will have to start to discipline them, chasten them. And chastening will happen to you and me, just as it did to them, should we dishonor the Lord our God and become disobedient to His Word. And just as, unfortunately, some believers today, some Christians today, perhaps... Some of us here in this church walk under unnecessary trials, walk under unnecessary chastenings because of our disobedience. And this is a burden that I want to, with all of my heart, help remove from your life and my life. The only way we'll be able to remove it is to understand the Word of God and become obedient to the Word of God. That's why... I am sold on telling you and teaching us about the Word of God. I want you and me to get out from under this unnecessary trials and chastening that go on in people's lives just because they're disobedient to the Word of God. And so I want to help. And help we can if we'll just confront our sin, if we will confess it, and we will walk faithfully with our Lord. So look at what what God says, Father, I do not want to take upon this responsibility on my own, so I ask you to move me aside, and I ask you, Father, to to take over this, this uh, service, and all these wonderful dear people here, that you would bless each of, each of them, Father, as they might have need. Some of them have physical problems, and others have uh, financial and emotional and whatever, Father, and you know everything. You know exactly what's running through each of our hearts, and and what need is within each of us. And so, Father, we open up our hearts and we ask that you would you would teach us. Move me aside so that we'd be taught properly. And then, Father, would you please open up our eyes and our hearts and our thoughts and our minds so that we might behold wonderful things from your law. Teach us, Father. <clears throat> and help us as we think about this particular message. Lord, help us to uh, comprehend the the blessings of serving you faithfully for years and years and years until you call us home. Help Help. us to understand what you explained to Joshua. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. In verse 1 of chapter 13, when, when God spoke these words to Joshua, he was a very old man at this time. He had to be in his 90s at least. We learn in in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 29 eventually when we come to that place that, that Joshua died at the ripe old age of 110 years old. But even though he's an elderly man, when this statement is made to him in verse 1 of chapter 13, we ought not to let it go unnoticed. It is something that is very special said to a man who walked with God. And it is what God expects, not only from Joshua, but expects from you and me as well. And that is to keep on serving him. God said to Joshua, look back, just to refresh your memory, look back at chapter 11, the last verse, verse 23. We learned, and I said to you then, and I showed you chapter 13 in verse 1 at that time, I remember, in in." We said in chapter 11, verse 23, Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord God had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribes. That's what we're experiencing here in chapter 13. But it says, thus the land had rest from war. But that's not true. That is, yes, it's it's true. But just as in your life, in my life, We have been given every single spiritual blessing that is needed for us to to accomplish all that we need to accomplish as believers in Jesus Christ. But the battle of receiving these spiritual blessings are still a part of our lives. We must spiritually fight. That's why Paul says in the New Testament that you and I are to put on the full armor of God. That battle never ends. And you need to understand that, as a as a, a a person who walks with God, you need to recognize that just because you walk with God, just because you try to be obedient, it doesn't mean that the battles are, are still are over with. You will still have to fight, fight to receive the spiritual blessings that are so rightfully given to you. And so, even though in chapter eleven, verse twenty-three said they could rest from war. We, we realize in chapter 13 and verse 1 that God said to Joshua, Joshua, basically get up Joshua, very much of the land remains to be possessed. There is no rest for Joshua. He needs to get going. And, and Christian, that is for you and me to understand. There is always more to do within our faith. As long as God has given us the privilege of drawing breath here on this earth, there are more battles to be won and there are more victories that we need to to receive or to give unto the Lord with it, whether it be in our lives or the lives of others that we hang around with. And it is my desire for you and me to say when this journey ends of ours when we have that time where you come maybe and, and, and come to a memorial service for someone of our friends here in this church that that, that we can say that they... As it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul made this statement, that they have fought the good fight, that they had finished the course, and that they kept their faith. That is my desire for you and me, that as believers in Jesus Christ, I have always said to you, it doesn't matter to me how and when and where you came to believe in Jesus Christ whether it be here at this church in one of the services or some other place, some other time long ago. It doesn't matter to me when. What matters to me since you come here is that you have given me the responsibility as one of many to help you complete this walk that you have with Jesus Christ. What matters to me is how you and I finish our walk with the Lord, that we fight the good fight, That we finish the course that God has given us. And that we keep our faith. What is so important to remember as we take a look at this place in scripture. Is this. Even though all the land was given to Israel. God gave it to them all. They still had to possess every inch of it themselves. Their inheritance was theirs to earn. They had to fight for it physically. Even though God has given you and me every spiritual blessing that we need, we still have to fight for every inch of those blessings, and so we have to we have to do what God told us to do, and that is to be faithful to fight the good fight to finish the course, to keep our faith now, besides these blessings, the inheritance that that Israel received, they don't come automatically. What we learn here is that they are won through battles. For us, it's spiritual battle. It's the battle of obedience. It's the battle of faith. It's the battle of trustworthiness. One of my favorite verses about being trustworthy, turn with me please. Uh, Hold your place here in Joshua 13, but look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Just, just for a moment, but it's such a, it's, it's a priceless place in the Word of God. It tells you and me how we are to act and react as believers in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, let a person regard us in this fashion, this manner. In other words, when people think of you and me, let Let them think of us like this. Servants of Christ. Stewards of the mysteries of God. Then Paul says, Since we are to be regarded as servants or stewards of God's most wonderful mystery, then he says in verse 2, In this case, moreover, it is required of A servant of God. A steward of God. That one be found, what? Trustworthy. What I want from you and me is to be that one. To be that person when people see us and get to know us to any degree at all. That they realize that we are servants of our our most wonderful God. Stewards of His mysteries. And so we need to To require, it is required of you and me that we be trustworthy. And so that's the spiritual battles that you and I have a battle of being a trustworthy steward of the mysteries of God. And ultimately, to do that, our inheritance will be found in our conforming ourselves into the image of Jesus Christ. That only comes through the study of God's Word. Only way. You cannot will it, you cannot grow older and become conformed into the image of God. The way you become conformed into the image of God is to understand His Word. The more you get to know this, the more you'll become like Him, if you are obedient, and if you are, I guess, obedient to His Word. And walk with Him. That's your responsibility. Nobody can make you do it. Reason enough that we try to encourage you to read the Bible on a daily basis, it's one of the greatest reasons that we have to to get you to try to, to read your Bible on your own so that it might get into your own heart, so that it might be a part of you, so that some of the things that you read will start making sense and you will start living out the wonderful Word that lives within you. And you will then slowly but surely be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's our purpose here at this church. That's our desire for every single one of us. You see, the inheritance that you and I have in Christ is not to be a part of Him. The inheritance that we have in this walk with Jesus Christ is to be all of Him. All in all. Every bit of us to be a believer. So, from the outward appearances, back to Joshua chapter 13, 12 and 13, from the outward appearances, Israel seemed to be doing very, very, very well. They went into the land. They drove a wedge in between it. They they conquered the south as well as the north. But God looks at Joshua and says to him, after they've conquered all of this, there's still more to be done, Joshua. Very much of the land still remains to be possessed. What can we learn from this? As believers, as we close, what can we learn from this wonderful... Message of, of living our lives so that we will fight the good fight. We will keep the faith. What can we learn? One of my very favorite places in all of Scripture is seen in Philippians chapter 3. Would you please turn with me? You don't have to hold your place in uh, Joshua. We will not come back. We, are gonna, we will be back next week, but not today. My Bible almost automatically opens to the book of Philippians. Uh, the reason being... Uh, now, see, I said that, and it didn't. But, <laughs> but the reason being, it does, though, kind of. Reason being is, this place in Scripture is uh, like a a salve to my soul. It is a a book written four chapters of just joy, and how to live the joyous life. In Philippians chapter three, Paul, in the first six verses, talks about his his background, where he was born, how he was raised, uh, what pedigree he has as a, as a man. But Paul says, even in spite of all of that, there's still more for me to accomplish. And that, folks, if for you and me, will always be the case. Our work here on this earth, as long as we draw breath, will not be completed until the Lord God Himself calls us to be home with him. And so after Paul gives his pedigree in verses one through six, look what he says in verse seven. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. You see, his background was such that he was he was a he was a, a very, very brilliant, bright, religious man. And he says, Look, all of that, all of that, I have counted as being lost. For the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. More than that he says in verse 8. Even more than that he says. I count all things to be lost. In the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Count them but rubbish. So that I might gain Jesus Christ. He is saying all the things that I have done. Whatever it is that you might think that is a, a credit to me. He says, I count that as lost for the wonderful, wonderful value of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He says in verse 9, so that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that it's come from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that's where you and I need to land We need to come to the place that our righteousness is not found in what we do, but who we are in Christ. And if we really are who we are supposed to be in Christ, we will automatically do. I am a married man. Happily married man. I cannot be more married than I am right now. There is nothing I can do for my wife Kay that will make me more married. I'm as married as a man can be married. So therefore, why do I do anything for Kay? Now, I'll tell you why. I just love her to death. I do. I I want to I want to spoil her rotten. I, I don't think she's in this service. Is she in the service, Patty? I won't say this when she's gonna be in the next service. I won't say this. Because I don't want her to know I want to spoil her rotten. But the tr- <laughs> thanks Barbara the truth of the matter is I want to spoil her and my kids rotten I do Now I want to have a balance to it but the reason I give to Kay the reason I love Kay is not so that I'll be more married it's because I love her the reason I do for the Lord is not so that I'll be more saved I can't be I'm as saved as I'm going to get I'm going to heaven The reason I do unto the Lord is not to be more of a Christian. It's to demonstrate my love for Him. If you and I can come to that understanding. And so, the righteousness that you and I have is not because of anything that we do. We do because we love. Now listen, listen to the verses 10 through 14 of this great, great place in Scripture. Paul writes, that I might know Him. That I might know the power of His resurrection. We're in verse 10. And I'm adding some words. That I might know the fellowship of His sufferings. That that I might be conformed into His death. Have you ever thought about those things? I, I encourage you to read places in Scripture like this so that you might internalize it. So that it might become a part of who you are. He says, I want to know Him. I want to know His power. I want to know His resurrection. I want to know His fellowship. I want to be conformed into His image in order that I might obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Now listen, verses 12, 13, and 14 are exactly what what our Lord said to Joshua. Paul understood. Listen to Paul's words. Not that I have already obtained it. No, he says, not that I have already become perfect. No, he says, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, he says in verse 13, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I reach Forward to what lies ahead. I press on, he says in verse 14, I press on <clears throat> towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, that's that's what we're to do. You and I, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've accomplished, <clears throat> we have not finished the course. We are not already there. There is more for us to do, we are to forget what lies behind and we're to press on towards that high call, that high goal of our, our faith and our trust in our belief in Jesus Christ. One of the saddest things that anyone can do as a believer is to not fight the battles that God has given us. There have been many times, I'm sure in your life, I know there has been in mine, where I've evaded the enemy, I have evaded any pain I just didn't want to go through anymore, and I chose the easier path. One of the one of the times in my life that I, I I it still haunts me to this day, even though it has been dealt with in and through my life, was I don't know twenty years ago or so. I was I was in a church service and I was listening to Pastor Chuck Swindoll, one of the great preachers and teachers of the Word of God that I have ever had the privilege of hearing. And he's preaching his brains out. And all of a sudden, it kind of narrows down. We're in this big place. And all of a sudden, it's just him and me. There's like nobody else is there. It's like he's just speaking to me. And he is convicting me of something that I need to do. And I, at the end, we had some time of quiet. And I got with the Lord and I said, Lord, I want to make this vow to you. I will do this the rest of my life. And then I got scared what I said I thought oh oh there I went and did it I let my emotions take over and about five minutes later I said to the Lord Lord I want to withdraw that vow I don't think I'm able to take it to do it it was the weakest one of the weakest moments in my life as a believer in Jesus Christ I am sad to say to you, I withdrew what it was that I wanted to promise unto the Lord because I didn't think I was man enough, Christian enough, mature enough to handle it. And it was a lesson that I still had to learn and I learned it a few years later. I only wished that I had the courage to go through it at the time when God really convicted my heart in that service. I took the easier way out. I did not want to go through whatever it is that I was going to have to go through to be the man at that time that God wanted me to be. To choose the easier path puts, puts off growth in your life, my life, our lives. It puts off the growth that God has for us. James tells us, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Because, he says, The testing of your faith is going to produce endurance. And that endurance is going to have its perfect result in you. That you might be perfect and complete. In other words, that you might grow. You might mature. And you will lack in nothing. Don't put off what God has called you to do. Don't take the easier road. Now, I know that's easy to say. It's difficult to do. I am here to confess to you what I did some 20-some years ago when I should have taken the bull by the horns, so to speak, and become the man that God wanted me to become in that church service, and I withdrew my promise to God. I still had to go through it. I went through it some years later, but I didn't go through it when I think I should have, and that was when the Lord convicted me that day. Don't take the easier path. Recognize clearly the difference between your being chastened and your being matured. You're being chastened when you have sin in your life. Recognize it. Deal with it. Get rid of it. But you're being matured sometimes by going through a trial that there isn't... A, it isn't because of sin. It's so that you, you'll grow. You'll mature. You'll lack in nothing. There's things for you and me to do still. As long as we draw a breath, we can't say no. Oh, I, I take that back. We can say no. We'll just, we'll just not benefit like we ought to. God said to Joshua, even though they've captured everything, He said, Joshua, get up. There still remains land that needs to, to be possessed. And I say to you, and I say to me, let's not rest on our laurels. Let's get up. And let's do what God has called us to do. Now, as I say to you all the time, your job is to find out what it is that God has called you to do. I know what mine is. And that's a very kind thing the Lord has allowed me to know. And that took time. And that took serving. And I pray that you'll find what it is that God has given you so that you can fight the good fight, keep the faith, Finish, finish, finish strong what God has called you to do. Have I ever told you people how desperately I love you? I want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this church. I want to thank you for coming every week. Father, bless each of us here and uh, our loved ones and uh, watch over us. God bless Dave and Anderson. Thank you for... The 70 years that he had with Edith just their love affair he's going to have myriads of time with her soon when he gets to see her wonderful face again bless all of us Lord our loved ones, our families watch over each of us Father let us fight the good fight and keep the the faith and and finish what you've called us to do. Let us not rest on our laurels just because maybe we've gotten a little older or uh, don't feel like we can do anything. We're not good enough. That's not true. Let us just follow your plan for our lives. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I love you all so much. It is really a joy. I'll see you next week. See you next week.